You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of the HR Mavericks podcast. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Clint Van Maravijk, who's a founder and CEO at Safe For Me in New Zealand. Clint, how are you doing today? Hey, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Great to have you here. Coming to us from the future. It's tomorrow <laughs> morning in New Zealand where you're at, correct? That's right. 9 a.m. I'm having plenty of coffee right now. Awesome. Well, we are super excited to have you on the show today and really just to understand what you do, what your company does and how it applies to our small business HR audience. I think there's a lot of applications. Before we jump into that though, tell us a little bit more just about your background and also about your company, Safe For Me. Oh yeah. So Safe For Me is, has been in the proximity safety game for seven years now. And because of that history, we got asked to supply the New Zealand government for business focused contact tracing. So proximity safety, as you can imagine, is a real niche area of safety, but it suddenly became not so niche. Uh, yeah. roughly two, two odd years ago. So since that time, we've been supplying everyone from education through to you know, mines, any food production, the government clients. And because of our history in New Zealand and contact tracing there, we actually got some clients and are now more and more US-based clients. And so we set up an Austin, Texas office and away we went. So I'm usually there, but actually I'm in New Zealand right now. Awesome. Well, it's super great to have you on the show. And I'm sure that context is actually how long you've been doing this is actually really important because I'm sure you get questions all the time. Did you just start in the last two years <laughs> with, you know, the pandemic that is, mm-hmm. has gone across the entire world? I'm sure people didn't really know, you know, maybe some, but it's one of those lesser known industries, contact tracing until it became, you know, front stage for everyone the last few years, right? Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, at first... For us, the demand obviously was New Zealand-based. And then because of that, because of our position really, I guess, as a leader in the space, we ended up supplying contact tracing into a lot of businesses. And we've really seen the development of the pandemic right through from the early days when it was really food production, then education, and then it came into office-based workers and industrial. So basically anyone that has a lot of team members or even sometimes relatively small groups that have to be in close proximity and have to be in the office, supply chains and critical infrastructure, things like that. It's really just about automating the ability to stop having to shut yourself down. Yeah. So that's what contact tracing is all about, right? Like, so instead of saying everyone go home, it's about, okay, it's just these four or five people that need to take some precautions and then we can just keep on working and keep making money together and operating our business. So awesome. that's what it's all about. Definitely applicable. And so we want to dive into this topic and understand it a little bit more because I think it's something that's applicable to all businesses today, you know, especially in the world that we live in. So before we jump into that though, tell us a little bit more about what prompted you to start this business seven years ago. Good question. I actually was in a, another business at the time. I was a mechanical engineer back in the day and I actually went into the finance industry as you do when there was so much money in it back in sort of what was that pre-GFC. 
So I'm mm-hmm. showing my age here. And I, I helped build a company up there and became a partner. And when that was going through the exiting process, I was really looking around for what businesses were closer to my core skill set, which was engineering, mechanical engineering. And I'd spent some time working in gold mines, food manufacturing plants, and things like that. And I really saw the crossover of data use that we were doing in the finance industry and the data use that should be in the safety industry. And I was struck by how big the problem was with safety and then what technology could actually be applied and brought from other segments and taken into safety. So the problem in the safety industry is it tends to lag on technology uptake and we're all about, okay, where is the real innovation happening? Typically it's marketing and sales was where a lot of smart things are happening. And so we'll go and really investigate and then bring that technology over. So that's just where I saw an opportunity, started up a little experiment and then got some customers and, you know, here we are. (laughs) Keeps on rolling. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I want to pick your brain a little bit more on that, just small business operations, which we'll get to in the end, what you feel like is important there. But, you know, really, I want to dive into this topic a little bit deeper again, because of COVID and how so many people, especially, you know, HR departments are tasked with thinking about how do we limit risk um, in our operations, especially, and also protect our people and keep them healthy. So tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you have learned the past few years about this evolution of best practices when it comes to, you know, COVID protection specifically. Yeah. I mean, there's the big three that everyone has heard about, you know, vaccination, testing, and contact tracing. I mean, there's actually obviously been developments in all three of the most important levers you can pull. There are other obviously things you can do as an organization to prepare your team and protect your customers. Distancing, scheduling of people, you know, making sure the right people aren't crossing over, a number of other things. But the big three are still what they are. I mean, I think one of the biggest misconceptions at least where we have a lot of exposure to the market is that people think contact tracing is not actually. Hmm. And that's really because a lot of government applications have failed quite badly, really. Yeah. And that's at the state and government level, really across the world. And that's it's because older systems were used to try and solve the problem, phone trees and that sort of technology. I suppose it's a podcast and people can't see me using air quotes to describe <laughs> that. When you are trying to solve something like that at the scale we're dealing with and the speed you need to answer with, you can't use a phone tree. It's just not going to work. It's an, it's a something you could use perhaps for smallpox ring fencing back in the day, which is why it kind of carried over and Ebola and, and, and those sorts of outbreaks. But with something like this, you need to move faster and you need to have better data. So that's where automatic contact tracing comes in. There are actually a number of ways that people go about tackling automatic contact tracing. And then we've settled on a, a Bluetooth rechargeable card-based method so that you don't have to charge anything. You just wear, it looks like this. Again, I'm showing something mm-hmm. on a podcast, which is a bit silly. It's the size of a credit card. It has a battery in it the last year. Mm-hmm. You carry it with you. It has no personal information on it. If you get sick, you push the button near the app and data is shared with your HR team. They can make yeah. smart decisions, isolate the right people, not the wrong people, and everyone carries on. Like it's really, so what would I say has been the kind of evolution? I think just adapting and starting to use technology that actually works. And there was a lot of a lot of mistakes made early. And now it's about actually what do we do for the next five, 10, 15 years? Um, yeah. And being prepared, not about necessarily being reactive. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the key too, is I think for a lot of businesses, you know, it's been something that's been back of mind, but it's really come Mm -hmm. forefront in the last few years as something that needs to be, you know, addressed proactively. So Mm -hmm. it sounds like your solution is really just as simple as, you know, someone wearing a key card and a lanyard around their neck or on their belt. Right. And so you can imagine how simple that would be for employees and then being able to track that data you know, and so that you have a rollout plan then if someone is infected or sick, right? So. Yeah. And then you don't even need, the data doesn't even come in unless someone is sick. That's the other thing. So it's really, it's what tends to happen is employees in a business want to keep other employees safe. They don't want to make people sick, but sometimes you realize you're sick halfway through the day or the rapid test that you took didn't pick it up and then it picks it up the next day, which everyone's had happen to them by now, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. In that day, who is it that needs to isolate so that your business can carry on? So that's what it's about. And you only push the button as an employee if you need to. Yeah. It's, your, it's effectively, you know, that data's not shared at all until you push that button. Yeah. And that's actually leads into kind of my next question is, you know, I'm curious how, you know, what are the expectations that employees have, especially when it comes to data privacy and how do you handle that? Because I am I assume that a lot mm-hmm. of people who don't know a lot about the space, right, are hesitant because they don't want, they're concerned about their own data privacy. But you kind of mentioned something interesting there. That data is not even shared until the employee presses a button there, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of things around expectations, I think. And there is some mismatch in expectations sometimes between employees and management there. So a couple of topics, I suppose. One is employees do actually expect to be kept safe. And that's often not just because of themselves. They're often thinking about a loved one or someone who might be more at risk than themselves is Mm -hmm. usually a generator of their own concern. So that's one thing. They do expect their business to do something. And most businesses try to do something. When it comes to privacy, there is a, a somewhat a mismatch between management and employees. Management typically are more concerned than the employees are. Maybe it's because there is a small percentage of people that uh, naturally make a lot of noise essentially about anything yeah. to do with this topic. And yeah. that sets off a, a cascading worry at the management level, ignoring the 90% of people who actually just want to do their job and mm-hmm. not get sick. Now, when it comes to the technology itself, the mismatch is actually that you can make these things fully anonymous, like completely. And so on, on this card, for example, it's the uh, we use the same technology as a bank, but it's called rolling encrypted IDs, which basically means on the on this card that I'm wearing. I'm, for the listeners, I'm wearing a contact tracing card now. On it, it's just rolling encrypted numbers that automatically are deleted after 21 days. There's no names. There's literally nothing on there that is useful to anybody until it's put together on your HR team site. Now, if you were doing a, a an ineffective phone tree interview, they're still going to be asking you those same questions. All you're doing is providing accurate data instantly on the HR team side. Say for me, our business has none of that information. Yeah. So that's, or can be configured to have none of that information. Some businesses actually want to have it uh, mm-hmm. on the say for me side. It really depends. So yeah, there's, there's a few, there's a few mismatches there. And I, again, I think it's because during the early days of the pandemic, people were trying to respond so quickly that they were using technology that wasn't built for purpose often, and it wasn't really suitable. So you might, they might have been using kind of wristbands that were adapted, or they might have been using dongle-based mm-hmm. systems that need kind of large scan-in, scan-out portals, which you don't need with something like Say For Me. So because of the mismatch of technology and it wasn't built for privacy from the beginning, 
there were mistakes made, right? And so there's some truth in those concerns, but also I think, you know, let's get on with what we have to do over the next 20 years yeah. and solve the problem. Yeah. Fascinating. I want to come back to, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning, you know, that experience of supplying the New Zealand government with contract tracing. But before we do that, you kind of mentioned something right at the very end there with what you just said with, you know, what's going to be happening. So I'm curious what you think is next when it comes to being prepared in the future Mm -hmm. for businesses. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about being able to respond in two to four days, not two to four months. And what tends to happen during a pandemic setting or even a a significant COVID wave or, you know, winter is coming is that everyone wants the same thing at the same time. And you don't want to be in that position because then you're at the back of the line. And so a lot of businesses are starting to move to a readiness or pandemic readiness mindset. So that's around planning, okay, what's our 15 or 20 year or five year plan, not what's our six month plan. And that means you're really trying to tackle the big three and others. So being prepared for what you can do in response to pandemic and something like, say for me, we offer a pandemic toolkit, which basically means you're ready to go in two to four days. You don't have to be at the back of the line. And inside a business, what that practically means is you're approved to be purchased. You're already hooked up to their internal systems. You've already trained the person every now and again, like a fire drill. This is Mm -hmm. how you do it. This is what it looks like. And as soon as they push a button, away they go instead of, because with a business rollout, what even internal people forget is how long it takes the procurement cycle to work on top of the supply constraints. And if you're waiting six months to respond, you don't have a business that's running. Yeah. So that's reality. So it is something that has to be battled and over the next, well, solved and it can be solved. So, yeah. And it seems like if I'm understanding it right, one of the changes that you see coming is businesses are taking a more proactive approach to this rather than a Mm. reactive. Is that correct? That's a trend. Yes. Yeah. And even at the government, US government level, that's starting to filter through as a trend. So yeah, Yeah, it makes total sense. I expect that to continue. Yeah. So I want to come back to this example again to just kind of tie some of this up. So tell us what it was like supplying the New Zealand government with contact tracing. How did that come about? What were some Mm -hmm. of the results of doing that? Yeah. I mean, we, as I say, we were involved in proximity safety for a long time. We already were an international business in this small niche. And just because of that background, we're asked to supply the New Zealand government for business use. I've actually never seen a government move so fast as, you know, before or since. And mm-hmm. I was actually, I was quite impressed at the time and still am with how quickly and actually effectively they did move. Supply was interesting because we were obviously gearing mm-hmm. up to s- supply, you know, thousands and thousands of companies and hundreds of thousands of people below that as employees. And it's all about having the technology ready to go. So at the first, we developed a tracing app and with several iterations of that, the whole team was obviously working nights and burning the midnight oil to make it happen. And then moved to actually supplying a hardware app combo after that. So now we have both. So yeah, it's been a hell of a ride really technology wise. And now it's about actually just awareness and making people and business owners aware that, okay, there is something that can be done yeah, and it works. And what are we going to be how are we going to be prepared for the future? Yeah. Excellent. That makes total sense. So I want to bring this back because again, you know, you know, like, you know, most of our audience on this podcast are small business owners or those solo HR Mm -hmm. people in small businesses. Mm -hmm. So what would your recommendations be for those listening, that audience, when it comes to 
keeping employees healthy at work? What are the things that you would recommend that they take away from our short conversation today and go and think about or do in their own businesses to help be more proactive instead of reactive, like we talked about? Yeah, I mean, interesting open-ended question there. I actually think a lot of it is how you communicate. Like a lot of things in life, it's how you communicate to your people and especially around preparing for a virus and around COVID, especially, I think honesty and being upfront about your approach is quite important. There have been some mistakes made at the government level, really, around not necessarily being willing to say, hey, look, we don't know yet, but we are doing the best we can. We'll tell you as soon as we do know. Mm-hmm. And the the inability to just tell the truth like that has eroded a little trust. And yeah. actually businesses can do a better job and have honest conversations around, okay, this is our plan for if it gets worse, this is what we're going to do. At the moment, we don't think it's as bad as what it could be, but this, so that means we, we know we're not having the same sort of restrictions. So mm-hmm. having sort of honest conversations ahead of time and being willing to say, look, we're preparing for that, but we don't know if it's going to happen. So I think there's some... For small businesses, especially, you know, having a direct and honest conversation with employees and your people is number one. I love it. Excellent, excellent recommendation. So Clint, this has been an awesome conversation and I really appreciate you taking the time to share just a little bit more about your business and what you're doing and how it applies to our audience here. You know, as we get ready to wrap up here, one question that I really like to ask all of our guests on the show um, is what's one thing that you think our listeners should do this week to improve their HR people functions? And as you're mm. thinking about that, I'll preface it just by saying too, it doesn't necessarily have to relate to our topic. I know you are a small business owner, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of a lot of applications that might come from that. What do you do to that you'd recommend our listeners do this week to just create a stronger, better workforce and take care of their people? Yeah, it's a really opening. I wonder if you stump anyone with that one. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think the thing that I've found really useful, especially when we were small, even smaller than today, is to actually schedule a regular catch up with pretty much everyone in the company. So when I say regular, quarterly or six monthly, and me as the CEO, I don't necessarily get to talk to someone about you know what's how are they, what's going on at home, you know, figure out if they're under any particular stress. But then also ask kind of in there direct questions around, okay, do you think you're being well-managed? Are there other things you would like to do in the company? And having a feel for what's really going on. It can be that when when you've got, you know, 20 or 30 people and you're coming and you're building your business, you forget to do that. And then I think your team turnover goes up Mm. because of that. And just, I've found just trying for me, trying to hold on to that regular cadence of a catch-up actually keeps the team together yeah far less likely to lose people and you can actually intercept losses earlier because someone will actually have a direct relationship with you and just come to you first and say hey look i've had this big offer and you know what can we do about it so i mean that's my take is just having schedule it so what could you do today to make a difference i would schedule a recurring you know either six monthly or quarterly meeting with anyone in a business less than probably 30 people yeah somewhere in that number I love it. I think that's a great suggestion. It's something that gets lost in the day-to-day, you know, busyness of when you're grinding and selling and doing everything else. Yeah. But man, it really, when it comes down to it, business is really about trust and relationships, right? Mm -hmm. The people you work with. And so when you can strengthen that, 
man, it goes so far. So awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Clint, if there are listeners that want to get in contact with you, either to learn more about, you know, your company, say for me, or to ask you questions on this topic, what's the best way for them to do that? Just go to our website, safer.me. There'll be a big button there that says book a meeting and book one, and we'll see you there. Awesome. Well, Clint, thank you again so much for taking the time to be with us today. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Yeah, been a pleasure. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddy. Eddy is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddy, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddy.com today to request a demo.